Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Happy Wednesday, Edwin. Happy Wednesday, Andrew. What kind of socks you got on today? Oh, man, I got to tell you, I did not get my good Wednesday socks on today. Yeah, I'm just wearing my, wearing um, my old athletic socks today. I've got Batman. Batman! Yeah. You are They're Batman. They're great, yeah. Batman he socks. He is Batman. That's right. Very good. At least on the socks. <laughs> all right, all right. So, you know, our, are, our, are you the hero we want or the one we deserve? Yeah, all right. The host we want or the host the we host deserve? The host you deserve. <laughs> the host you need. <laughs> all right, uh, so John chapter 7. Yeah, so I thought uh, today I would read the second half of the chapter to set up our discussion here. I'm going to be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, John chapter 7, verse 25 through the end of the chapter, uh, which is verse 53. John 7, verse 25. So some of the people of Jerusalem were saying, is this not the man whom they are seeking to kill? And look, he is speaking openly and they are saying nothing to him. Do the rulers truly know that this is the Christ? However, we know where this man is from, but whenever the Christ comes, no one knows where he is from. Then Jesus cried out in the temple, teaching and saying, you both know me and know where I am from, and I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. So they were seeking to seize him. Yet no man laid his hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. But many of the crowd believed in him, and they were saying, When the Christ comes, will he do more signs than this man did? The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering these things about him, and the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers to seize him. Therefore Jesus said, For a little while longer I am with you, then I go to him who sent me. You will seek me and will not find me, and where I am you cannot come. The Jews then said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? Is he intending to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What is this statement that he said, You will seek me and will not find me, and where I am you cannot come? Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were going to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Some of the crowd, therefore, when they heard these words, were saying, This truly is the prophet. Others were saying, this is the Christ. Still others were saying, no, for is the Christ going to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So a division occurred in the crowd because of him. Some of them were wanting to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said to them, why did you not bring him? The officers answered, Never has a man spoken like this. The Pharisees then answered them, Have you also been led astray? Have any of the rulers or Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd which does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, he who had come to him before, being one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man 
unless it first hears from him and knows what he is doing? They answered him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and see that no prophet arises out of Galilee. Everyone went to his home. I got to say, as this all kicks off, I, I, it grabs my attention. Verse 25. Some of the people of Jerusalem therefore said, Is not this the man whom they seek to kill? Just a few verses earlier, when Jesus said that people were seeking to kill him, the crowds are like, what? Who's trying to do that? Do you have a demon? <laughs> Nobody tr- wants to kill you. And yet, now here we are just a few verses later, and everybody around there is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to kill him. We, we know somebody wants to <laughs> kill him. somebody wants to kill <laughs> so, him. So The Pharisees um, are sending officers. They're trying to get him <laughs> arrested right even then. Uh, to me, you know, that's, that's one of those things. I, I learned a long, long time ago that when folks are in the middle of a debate, they couch their language, they control their language, they know, well, there's things we can't say. We're, we're in the middle of a discussion. We're obviously not going to say, oh, yeah, people are trying to kill you. But, you know, get them on their own. Get them away from the debate. And, like, all of a sudden the truth comes out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let their guard down. And, and that's what's happening. I mean, when Jesus is confronting it, no, 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 we wouldn't want to do that. But, okay, maybe. John is also telling us that even in this situation where it seemed like things are could get out of control very quickly, the Lord is in control. They didn't lay hands on him because his hour had not yet come, which also a, a little foreshadowing. There will be a time when they lay hold of him. They will. And there's going to come a time in John where we start saying the hour is here. The hour is here. The hour is here. And the glorification. The shocking thing is that glorification begins with the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Glorification is not just what comes after the crucifixion, but it, it involves the crucifixion. I, I don't want to spend too much time on that now, but hey, let's let the cat out of the bag. We, we need to be prepared for Ooh, that. Ooh, you're a foreshadower also. That's right. I, <laughs> I, I am. Keep a... tuning in, people. Keep tuning in to Text Talk. All the way through the Gospel of John, the question is, which prophet is Jesus? Is he the testing prophet? Is he the true prophet? The question is, is he the Messiah? Is he the Christ? Is he God? What is he? In fact, we're going to get to the end of John, and Jesus is going to say, excuse me, John's going to say, I wrote all of these things so that you would know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that you'd believe in him and have life in his name. As we're going through John, we get to witness people having discussions about who Jesus is. And oh, this is one of yeah, them. Yeah, there were several of those in the in the chapter today all around Jerusalem and his teaching there. Uh, People are amazed at him, and they're throwing that language around. In verse 40 and 41 particularly, some of the crowd, therefore, when they heard these words, were saying, this truly is the prophet. Others were saying, this is the Christ. And still others were saying, no, can't be the Christ. He comes from Galilee. It's interesting to me that they, it seems like the crowd is talking about the Christ as distinct from the prophet. Yeah, there's still that. There's not this sense that that would all be one and the same person. I think by the time John is done, we understand it's one and the same. But there, there yeah. is certainly some, some indication in John that the people themselves saw it as two different ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the issue here is back to that issue of testing prophet, true prophet. Recall, again, Deuteronomy 13, that a testing prophet might perform some signs. God might allow them to come to pass. But because of the teaching to follow other gods, you know, that's a false prophet. Mm-hmm. In Deuteronomy 18, the prophet's going to come along in the footsteps of Moses and be like Moses. But we get to Deuteronomy 34 and verse 9. Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. Oh, great. This guy's a fulfillment of that promise of a prophet coming. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Oh, see, now we're seeing it. We're seeing this. Like a succession. Yeah, succession. 
And there has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. None like him for all the signs and the wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, and for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. In other words, so Joshua is a fulfillment, but I mean we all realize there's something else that's really supposed to fulfill this even more. There's someone else. And that's where that notion of the prophet comes from. Here's why I'm recounting all of this again, because there's this great statement. You know, our question is the signs that Jesus has performed. Are they the signs of a testing prophet? I mean, I appreciate our discussion the other day where we had to highlight Jesus really is acting with with authority from the law that he is under. He's not dismissing that or dispensing with that. But I really love this question that the crowd, some in the crowd ask in verse 31. Many of the people believed in him. They said, when the Christ appears, will he do more signs than this man has done? In other Mm. words, okay, look, we get it. We get it. It's possible to have a testing prophet. It's possible to have a prophet that comes in and performs some signs that God allows to happen, but is leading us astray. But when the real prophet comes, I mean, if if he's going to do more than this guy has done, what is it we're expecting the real prophet to do? Uh, there, there comes a point where I think what you just have to say is credibly, yes, there can be a prophet who might have a sign, but is God actually going to unload the whole ball of wax through that guy? I mean, is he really going to let him do everything that can possibly be done? Think about this. Even with Moses, there were some signs that even the magicians were able to mimic. Right. Whether the belief is they faked it and they were able to fake it, or they even had some type of power because of... However, they, they were able to mimic what Moses, but it sure. only went so far. Yeah. You know, they were not able to do everything Moses was able to do. And you're, you're left asking the question, if, the, if it's not, if this Jesus is not the prophet, well, what are we expecting the prophet to be able to do that he hasn't done? There seems to be a different threshold of, of signs to persuade people also. You know, Nicodemus is mentioned again in this chapter. And he's kind of uh, backing up Jesus a little bit, at least uh, being a voice of reason and a mm-hmm. mob of people that would like to just lynch him. But uh, when G- when Nicodemus first came to him by night, I'm reminded in John 3 and verse 2, he said, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Um, I don't know who all the we is that Nicodemus was talking about there, but to your point, a recognition of a genuine prophethood here. Uh, we are wanting to listen to your teaching, and I have questions about your teaching because of the signs you have done. I'm so glad you brought up Nicodemus, because when we got done with John chapter 3, it's like Nicodemus just disappeared. Yeah. Here's a here's a guy. I, I really, Whatever happened with that guy? Yeah, I really don't think we're supposed to see in John chapter 3, Nicodemus is just this— he, he's doing wonderful things here. It's he comes under the cover of darkness, and in John, that's an important that's an important literary statement. He comes at night, so we're like, okay, I'm not sure that Nicodemus is really the the guy we want him to be. But then his story just it just it just it just fades away, and now all of a sudden he's back, and there seems to be a little bit of a shift. Now he's not just talking to Jesus. Now he's giving defense to people who disagree with him. Mm-hmm. We're, we're moving into acting in daylight. We're, you know, this yeah. is not the, we're going to get to a place that is, I mean, practically a full confession by the time yeah. we're done with the gospel of John. But we see these three stages of Nicodemus and here we've got him standing up and saying, guys, I, I think we need to question. I think we need to talk. We need to learn. We don't mm-hmm. just need to, 
We don't just need to judge by appearances if we That's can use right. that phrase in another yeah. way. We we need to we need to really consider what's going on and the works that he is doing. And it really does come along with this question that the crowds were asking. I mean, if Jesus is not the guy, when the guy shows up, what, what is yeah. he going to do that's going to make him stand out from Jesus? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like if we're going to reject Jesus as the one who is the prophet, what will a guy do that will be able to say, yeah, that one I'm going to accept? Yeah. That, that one has to be it because look at what he did. Yeah. Um, I, not I, Jesus who? Yeah. Right. If not Jesus, who is the prophet? If mm-hmm. not Jesus, who is the Messiah? Uh, like three times in this chapter there, we have going back and forth on this. There's the statement early in the chapter where some people are saying he's a good man. And other people saying, no, he's leading people astray. Right. right. And, and think about that choice. And that really is if he is the good man, then he's leading people properly. If he's a good man, we don't just get to say, I like him. If he's a good man, we need to say, he's leading people correctly. I need to follow yeah, him. I need to listen. Yeah. And if I'm not going to follow him, then I have to say, well, he's leading people astray. I, mm-hmm. I don't have other choices there. I have to do something with Jesus. Well, I appreciate you bringing that up because I think people in our culture today would love to have a third box for Jesus. You know, just can't we just table Jesus? Can't we just say, good man, good thoughts? Not the Lord, not equal with God. I mean, I know he said he was, but no, come on, no. <laughs> but we still like him. We don't want to say anything bad about him. Yeah, yeah. And and the things he said that I want to do, well, I want to do those. And I kind of want to act like, see, I listen to Jesus. You know, the reality is we're only listening to somebody when we listen to him when they say what we don't like. Yeah. If if I only listen to him and heed what they say when they do when they're saying what I want to hear anyway, I'm still just listening to myself. But I, I, I will underscore it. He, he made himself equal with God. And if that's not true, he's leading people astray. Yeah. He is leading people astray. Sure enough. Uh, but Jesus is telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So he is leading people correctly. He is good. He is God. We must do what he says. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what the promise about that prophet was. In Deuteronomy 18, the promise was absolutely and directly, I'm going to put my words in his mouth and people better listen to him or I will require it of them. Mm -hmm. I will bring judgment upon them. That's right. We need to follow Jesus. Why don't you go ahead and wrap us up with prayer, brother? Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for your word. And Father, help us to sort in our own minds and our own hearts, who is Jesus? Uh, John has recorded all the different uh, attitudes and responses of the crowds of Jesus' day, but it still comes back to each one of us. We must decide, we must confess, we must act in light of who is Jesus. And we believe he is the Christ, the Son of God, that he has the words of eternal life, and there's nowhere else that we may go. And we pray, Father, that that message might be heard and received by many, many for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. 
Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna! Christ is captain of the mighty throne.